At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour coming up as we're going to be taking a look at everything that we've got on the diamond for this MLB Monday. And I'll give you guys my DK Nation pick in the final segment if you wound up missing that at all. We're also going to be joined by David Behrman in about 15 minutes. He does a great job over there at ESPN Chalk. We'll be talking a little bit of everything with him. I know that he's a man that he wanted growing out there, growing up out there in the state of Florida. So ask him a little bit about the NHL. Might dive into a little bit of golf as well as yeah, you cover with a little bit of everything. It's really a great time of the sports calendar. We're starting to wind down with regards to the NBA and the NHL, but those playoffs are going on. We've got a lot of good golf action. The MLB, it is in full swing. We're about two months through, so now we finally have a sample size on these teams. We're able to gauge some of these trends, so that's always a lot of fun, and it is always a lot of fun taking a look at these Stanley Cup playoffs as well as we've been seeing some very competitive games with the NBA Finals. I think that's actually a pretty competitively, I guess you'd call it, matchup series between the Warriors and the Celtics. I haven't seen a lot of games wind up even coming close to the spread, which has been a little bit of a bummer. Not been the case out there in the NHL. So let's take a look at what we've got with regards to these series. And we did wind up seeing the Tampa Bay Lightning take down the New York Rangers by a count of 3-2 to two on Sunday to really extend that series. We were talking about this a little bit earlier in our number one with Dwayne Colucci. Does a great job over there at the Rampart Rank Race and Sportsbook. And Igor Shershakin, he winds up getting 49 saves. And... I want to, unfortunately, saying his name wrong. I do apologize to Mr. Shershankin. But with that said, 49 saves. Lions have taken the loss a little bit rough. And I do take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they're going to be for game two, which is going to be coming up for Tuesday. Right around a minus 165 to a minus 175 favorite. I still think that they're the team that is going to be matching up with the Colorado Avalanche when it's all said and done in terms of the Stanley Cup final. And I can see this thing between the Avalanche and the Oilers coming to a close on Monday. As right now, if you take a look at this game, you're finding the Avalanche anywhere between about a minus 120 to a minus 130 favorite. And we've seen a adjustment on the total. In game two, there were some books that wanted posting a total as high as a 7.5. Right now, we're at DraftKings. We're seeing really the lone 7 on the board. Circa, where I'm at right now, they've also got a 7, but we're seeing a lot of 6.5s now surface as well. And I do think that it's a correct move that these totals have been going down a little bit more because... 
just take a look at what we've been getting out there in the series. You have figured that there wasn't going to be 14 goals scored again in another game this series thus far, and it's not been the case. And you did wind up seeing a little bit of a flurry of goals late from the Colorado Avalanche in game number three. But that said, the goaltending of the Avalanche still very solid. It's a good defense. It just winds up getting masked by the fact that this is one of the best, I guess you call it, offensive teams that we've seen in quite a long time out there in the NHL. So they've been able to do solid work there. And for the Edmonton Oilers, Still got guys like Connor McDavid and company. They're able to put the biscuit in the basket, but you got to feel like with just everything riding on this game that things are going to wind up being a little bit more defense-oriented. And just take a look at the last 30 days in the NHL in the playoffs. We have seen 34 overs to 27 under, so we've seen a little bit of an overtrend, but a lot of these games in which it's do or die, we have been seeing a lot of unders in these as well. Just take a look at the game sevens that we wound up seeing a few weeks ago in the opening round of these Stanley Cup playoffs, and darn near all of those wind up going under. Now, the one danger that you do wind up running into when it comes to betting an under in this spot, and I do think that it's a very important one, if the Oilers are down even three goals with like three minutes remaining, they might wind up pulling the goaltender. We wind up seeing this all the time from teams that are in a do-or-die scenario. Certainly, down two goals with about two to three minutes remaining, goalie's going to be out of the box. Hey, Avalanche, if they wind up being able to gain control of the puck, they wind up having a wide-open opportunity. So say that the game is like 4-2 with two minutes remaining, your 6.5 under might wind up getting torpedoed by that. So I actually do think that if at all possible to find a 7, especially if you're here at Circuit where the juice is only a minus 120 on the under, that is a well-worth investment rather than just taking any number out there. So I do think that it is very important to be able to shop around with regards to the best of it, but... That said, I do think that you are going to have the Colorado Avalanche be able to really tie a bow on this series. They are right now just priced so heavily with regards to favorite to be able to win the Stanley Cup for a reason. This is a team that they've got tremendous goaltending. They've been really the best offensive team here in the Stanley Cup playoffs thus far. And you just take a look at what we're getting right now in the futures market at DraftKings. A little bit too demonstrative for me at minus 220, but you can see why the Colorado Avalanche are such a big favorite. You got to figure that this would be a number that might drop a little bit if they wind up drawing the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. In terms of the futures market, the New York Rangers, they find themselves plus 380. The Lightning are plus $5. And I think the Oilers are going to be able to win the Stanley Cup. You're able to get 55 to 1. Do you wind up playing this scenario out 100 times? I don't think that you wind up having the Oilers wind up winning the Stanley Cup once. I think that this one is pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered. With regards to the Avalanche being able to go to the Stanley Cup final, I think that you've got a team that's a little bit outgunned here in the Edmonton Oilers. So, I mean, it's a case of which I'd be taking a look at the Colorado Avalanche, especially with getting between about a minus 120 to a minus 130. That's not a bad price to be laying on the team that I think right now is the best one out there in hockey. Now, if we wind up getting that Lightning versus Avalanche final, I think that that's going to be a very good one, rightfully so. The Avalanche would be a favorite there, but I do think that the Lightning would be able to provide quite a bit of resistance. Now, you got the Rangers having Shershankin being able to do a great job of being able to stand on his head. But, I mean, Andre Velasilevsky, we wound up seeing what he was able to do in that Florida Panthers series as well. This guy is no job liver. He's a part of a team that has won back-to-back Stanley Cups, as when they always say with regards to the Ric Flair mentality, in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And I do think that the Lightning still very live in this series. I do think that in the end, I still like the Lightning to be able to pull it out because... This is a bunch of which they did wind up losing both of those games early on in the series. And, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the world's greatest look from them. They really had to dig down deep. 
and be able to pull out game three as they wind up putting up a pair of goals in the third period to be able to get it done. But that said, you still wind up having really the heart of a champion. You wind up having Steven Samkos really be able to step up in that game three. And I think that that's just so critical for the Tampa Bay Lightning team, along with Vasilevsky being able to do all that he did. And I think it's big for the Lightning is that Vasilevsky is just not having to face as many shots as Shershankin. I mean, you could say all that you want about him being right now the best goalie on the face of planet Earth, and he certainly is. When you wind up having him face 52 shots on goal versus Vasilevsky shooting 30, just naturally, no matter who the goalie is, when you wind up having to face more than 20 shots on the other guy, that's going to wind up not necessarily boating too well for you. So I do think that he needs a little bit of help from his friends up front. So I think that that's something that you do want to be taking a look at with regards to the rest of the series as well. And with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they wound up having a streak of, I believe it was 17 straight games in which they had taken a loss and they were able to bounce back and be able to get a W. That's just one that wound up being snapped in New York a little bit earlier on in the series. But just goes to show the mental fortitude that you wind up having with regards to this Lightning team. And I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job here. If you're taking a look at the series price when it comes to this series, right now you're finding the Tampa Bay Lightning right around a plus 120. The Rangers find them in a lot of spots right around a minus 140. And I do think that getting a plus 120 with the Lightning is still relatively solid because, once again, they have yet to lose at home. And I think that that's very big. But you've seen just how big home ice has been with regards to the playoffs in general. You wind up seeing it in the Rangers last series against the Carolina Hurricanes. A team did not wind up winning on the road until the Rangers were able to pull off that Game 7. It has meant a lot more with regards to these playoffs rather than the past because the way that I always take a look at home field, home court, whatever advantage, in this case home ice, is that typically in the NHL, it's been one of the smaller factors among all sports. Typically, the biggest is college basketball because you get all the rowdy college basketball fans. You get the college students that maybe they had beverages that they probably should not have prior to arriving at the stadium. They're all on top of you. They're all screaming, hooting and hollering. And then you've obviously got the NFL, which you've got 70,000 strong along with college football. You've got the SPAC stadiums. From there, you wind up having Major League Baseball, in which you do wind up having a case in which when it comes to Major League Baseball and home field advantage, teams will build the roster for Guys that wind up being able to play the ballpark dimensions a little bit better. A fly ball pitcher is typically going to be doing better in, say, Oakland rather than Yankee Stadium, for instance. And someone like an Aaron Judge is able to absolutely mash out there in New York. So that is always something that you do take a look at there. But it doesn't necessarily mean as as much as a lot of the other sports. And typically with regards to the NHL, it's really been, in my opinion, the one that has been really the least dependent upon home ice, home field, what have you, advantage. We always see a lot of teams being able to win on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that just hasn't necessarily been the case thus far this season. Now with the Lightning, right now you're finding them relatively juicy in this spot. It is a minus 170. I would much rather ride a little bit more with the under at a 5.5. It's shaded to a juice of right around minus 125, but you take a look at the entirety of these series. Both of these goalies, they really have been able to stand on their head. The only game that wound up going over, that was game one. The light, the Lightning wound up lighting up six goals. I think a little bit of that was just a little bit of rust from just taking down the Florida Panthers in general last two games. We've seen approximately five goals, so I do think that this is relatively solid value with the way that both of these goaltenders are performing, and I mean, this is really going to be a great matchup of both of these guys as well, and a lot of the goals that you want to be even seeing in the game on Sunday 
a lot of those did wind up coming late as well. So I do think that you've got a little bit of value when it comes to the under. And I do think that we're going to see a lot of unders moving forward with regards to the Stanley Cup finals because you do have a just trio of teams, in my opinion. I mean, I'm just going to eliminate the Oilers at this point. If they do wind up coming back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You can play this in my face. I do not care. It would be one of those things in which I would make the same claim once again that the Oilers are just completely kaput. But that said, with regards to Rangers, Lightning, Avalanche, all these teams are doing a tremendous job in net. And the Lightning, having Andre Vasilevsky, who has just done so much throughout his career, being able to lead the Lightning, to a pair of titles, I think that that's very big to take a look at in this spot. So, I mean, rather than lay a minus 170 here with Lightning, because I do think that they should be able to get the job done, I would rather take a look at a series price, bank on them being able to pull it out just with regards to a six or seven game series. And a man that you could always bank on to be able to deliver great information, David Behrman. He does a great job as really the main man over there at. VSIN, the sports betting network. This is a look at right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And great to be joined by our guest, is David Behrman, doing a great job over there at ESPN Shock. A man that does a great job of being able to dive into a little bit of everything. And a man that has joined me quite a few times with regards to both here on the look at and also on quite a few of my podcasts as well. And David, Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Greg, thanks for having me on. Always enjoyed being on. I hope all is well on your end. All is well on my end, and all is very well on your end as well, as I know that you wanted to talk a little bit off air about how you had Billy Horschel to be able to win this week at the Memorial. That was right around 14-1, to and you were able to get there on that one, and looks like you wound up having an absolutely tremendous weekend when it came to the Memorial. And what's been really working for you and just handicapping golf in general, because I think that this was outright win number three for you. And it's been certainly an interesting year to take a look at all these guys have been able to come to the forefront. And this week it was Horschel who was able to get the job done. Absolutely, Greg. And one of the things I love to do with golf, we've talked about it on this very show and on your podcast, is the ability to, to live bet golf, to watch a couple of the rounds. Obviously, you have guys you like going in or, you know, obviously everybody like John Rahm coming in. I like Patrick Cantlay as well. Um, but then you watch two rounds, you look at some statistics, you look into the box score. I do it every single Friday night. And I looked at Billy Horschel and I saw a guy who had struck the ball very, very well. He was leading the entire field in driving accuracy as well as tee to green. He just wasn't hitting any putts and he was about 35th in the field in putts. I said, this is a guy that knows how to putt. 
if he starts dropping a few over the weekend, he's a guy I'm going to want to have. And I, I took him to be the leader at the end of the third round at seven to one and, and took him as well at 14 to one, as you mentioned, to win it all. And you saw what he did today on, on the golf course in terms of hitting 53 foot uh, eagle putts to to basically drop the hammer on it. Um, and as I said, if he, if he starts putting well, he's going to run away with this. And the guy did have a four shot win today. So happy to have him. And it's just one of those lessons, Greg, where if you're watching the golf and you're looking at the box scores after each round, you can find some value in there in, in some of the outright prices. Yep, he was certainly able to come through, and Joaquin Neiman was able to finish in a top five as well. He wound up having himself a relatively solid weekend, but certainly Billy Horschel was a guy that was able to get it done. And turning it forward to the U.S. Open, this is going to be going off starting in middle of June. We're about a week and a half away from the U.S. Open. Have you been taking a look at any guys with regards to outrights or just maybe like a top 10, anything in that neighborhood, as I know that we're getting prepped up for this one? Yeah, and it's the usual suspects. This is a course that that not many of these golfers have played, at least in the way it's going to look for the U.S. Open. They've played it before in other events, but as we know with the U.S. Open, they they grow the rough a little 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 thicker. They have the greens a little faster, and they may switch up a little bit in terms of which holes they play because Brookline has 27 different holes. So for the most part, Greg, none of these guys have really seen this course the way it's going to play in two weeks, but. As you know, at the U.S. Open, it's always the epic uh, test of, of tee to green in, in terms of whether you can get off good, whether you can approach well, whether you can putt well. So it's going to be the usual suspects that that you're going to want to look look at and, and dial in on. Uh, some of the guys that I like, it's going to come as no surprise. I like Justin Thomas again. I had him at the PGA. I took him about this point, three weeks out, two and a half to three weeks out before the PGA. And He's still not the favorite. You can still get him at 14 to 1 because John Rahm and, and Scotty Scheffler, world number one and two, currently are the favorite right now at 12 to 1. I think 14 to 1 is good value on Justin Thomas. Uh, Colin Morikawa is a great ball striker, has struggled recently. So a little bit of a pause there. You know, uh, missed the cut this past week at the Memorial, but he's a ball striker that you're going to want to pay attention to. And, you know, wouldn't stun me to see Xander Shoffley have another top five or top 10 finish at a major. He's not someone who's been able to close the deal at majors. Uh, but he did win the gold medal, obviously, at the Olympics last year, and he's someone that can't contend at a course where you really need good shot making. It's a little bit of a mixture between a U.S. Open, a British Open, and and basically a Masters all rolled up in one with tough greens, um, tight approaches, and, and fescue all over the place. So people are going to have a lot of fun watching this U.S. Open, as we always do, because it's the great equalizer when it comes to these professional golfers who struggle at venues like Brookline that is played out there and tough. Don't expect many, many, many scores under par. Um, but the usual suspects, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, those are guys that, that I would be looking at in terms of, of that can succeed at this course. Now, obviously, we'll, we'll dive more deeper over the next two weeks. And I think taking a look at it as well, it's just so interesting to take a look at the futures board because, as you mentioned, really the shortest I'm finding anywhere right now is right around 11 to one. John Rahm in a lot of places is a favorite. Some places might wind up having Scotty Scheffler, but one of these two guys are going to be finding them as the favorite as North of 10 to one. And I think that that just goes to show how, how equal these guys are and how week in and week out, it's just an absolute grind to be able to win any of these tournaments. Scheffler was able to go off. He wound up having three nice wins early on during the season. But I really feel like with regards to the game of golf, it's about as equal as it's ever been right now. And just on any given week, any of these very, very skilled guys, they can wind up going out, getting the job done. And sometimes we wind up seeing big, giant underdogs 
being able to cash as well. So I think that it's really good for the game in general. And I think that it provides a lot of value where you could take multiple guys. And if any one of those two, three, even more guys, if you wind up taking some longer shots, wind up hitting, you're able to score yourself a nice payday. Yeah. And I think the days of us having uh, major champions in the, you know, mid to low single digits, whether it's five, six, seven to one, I think those days are long behind us, Greg, that those are, Tiger Woods type numbers when Tiger was in his prime winning five out of six majors, winning six out of 10 majors, you would get him at six, seven, or even four to one at some of these events. Like he was four to one to win the masters a few years back. Um, I do think you can find value there where you're not going to find anybody shorter than 11 or 12, as you mentioned between Rom and Scheffler. And you can go up and down the list and find some value, whether it's a Matt Fitzpatrick at 28 to one or Victor Hovland at 20 to one, even, you know, uh, guys like Shane Lowry are 28 to one and, and Willie Zalatoris at 30 to one guys that, you know, can contend and guys that, you know, have awesome iron games to get it to the hole. Um, and, and, and as always, it comes down to putting there at, at, at a U.S. Open. And that's why guys like Willie Zalatoris and Victor Hovland have not won majors because they've struggled with the flat stick. But any one of them comes up with a good putting week, as you saw Bill, uh, Willie Z did a few weeks ago. Um, at, at the PGA coming up just short of winning um, in a playoff versus Justin Thomas, who actually had the putter going. Um, any of these guys can pull this off. And like you mentioned, you're not going to get anything shorter than 12 or 14 to one. So you can pick off a guy like Sam Burns at 35 to one, even Brooks Kepka, four-time major winners, 20 to one. So there's value to be had out there. You just got to study the course a little bit and study some of the metrics to see who's going to come out on top. Yep. It's really interesting to be able to take a look at it because you can nibble off three, even like, Four or five guys, if any one of those guys wind up hitting, you're in very good shape. And then obviously, when it comes to a little bit more week of the tournament, you're able to dive into more of the top 10s, top 5s, even if you want to go down to the top 20. So there's just so many different ways to go about it. Matchups are going to be coming out a few days before you wind up getting the first round as well. So, so many ways to be able to take a look at it. And when it comes to being able to take a look at what we've all got with regards to just this crazy sports landscape as well, I think that we're getting some great action when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, if we wind up seeing the Avalanche not wind up making the finals, that would be a shock to myself. I'm sure that would be a shock to many people as well. But I take a look at this Lightning series against the against the New York Rangers, and I think this one is really interesting because we wind up seeing the Lightning be able to get the job done on Sunday. They were able to get those two goals in the third period. And I take a look at this series and I still have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see the lightning in the Stanley cup final. No doubt. If they do wind up facing up against the avalanche, you're going to be an underdog in that series, but I'm not sure how you wind up feeling about this lightning team, but I think that the win that they wound up getting on Sunday was much needed. And I take a look at both of these goaltenders, both are world-class, but if you continue to have Andre Vasilevsky face 20 or more fewer shots, than you're sinking. You got to like the lightning's chances moving forward. I do. And if you look at the lightning, it's very similar to what you've seen out of the New England Patriots over the years. It's, it's really, really hard to kill off a dynasty. You know, when these teams know how to win and they know how to win repeatedly, um, it's really hard to get rid of them. I mean, the lightning back to back Stanley Cup titles uh, down 2-0, down in the third period of game three. It looked like this might be the end. And lo and behold, they score and then they score late again to take game three. And yes, they're still there. Um, you, you always say a series is never over until you steal home court or home ice. In this case, uh, they've all home teams have won so far. Rangers winning the two in New York and Tampa winning game three at, um, at home. Um, I, I do think Tampa is live right now. I think they have a good enough, good, as good a shot as the Rangers to make the Stanley cup final. 
Um, I, I don't think anybody's beaten the Avalanche. Uh, they, I think they're the best team in hockey, and then they're showing that up three overs. A really, really good and young Edmonton team. Um, so I think the Avalanche take the cup regardless. Uh, but, I, I, Greg, I really think that this, this Rangers-Lightning series is going to go the full seven. It's going to be very exciting. Every game seems to be coming down to the stretch. And uh, what you saw today might be something you see over the next couple of days. And that's exactly what you want from these playoff series. You always want to have great matchups. Being able to get seven out of the series will be absolutely tremendous. And it's almost as tremendous as getting David Behrman on the show because you always do great work. You do a great job taking a look at a little bit of everything over there at ESPN Chalk. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon with the U.S. Open two weeks away. Absolutely. The U.S. Open is going to be tremendous. David wound up doing a great job hitting Billy Horschel over the weekend over there at the Memorial. Nice, very, I believe it was a four-stroke win for him on there. So that was absolutely tremendous to take a look at. And big thanks to David for joining me here in the last segment. Coming up next, we'll take a look at what we're going to be getting in Major League Baseball Monday right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to be able to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to be able to join in on the action. Blue Moon made a brighter 21 years or older Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply to DraftKings.com for details. And as per usual, please do drink responsibly. Yes, it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg. Big thanks to David Behrman. Does a great job over there at ESPN Chuck. He wound up joining me in the last segment. And we're taking a look at everything that we've got on the board for Monday right now. Wound up running through the NHL. Wound up giving a little bit on the NBA, but that's not going to be gassed up for Monday because, well, the teams have to travel from the great state of California over to Boston. So, and it is, we're going to have a little bit of travel time in there. So, what if we wind up taking a look at what we've got on the Monday card? And we've got a lot of baseball. Already give it, gave out my DK Nation pick a little bit earlier. I will refresh that for you guys in the final segment. But how about if we wind up taking a look at one of the more demonstrative trends that we've seen in Major League Baseball thus far? And that's that. Cincinnati has been a big giant haven of overs thus far this season, and now we've got 951, 952, top of the betting board, having the yards of the Diamondbacks hit the road, facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. Hunter Green, a man that knows about giving up home runs, going to be going for the Cincinnati Reds. Mad bum, Madison Bumgarner on the bump for the Arizona and the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks anywhere between minus 105 to plus 105, and with the Reds, you're going to be finding them anywhere between about a minus 112 to a minus 120 with your total 9.5, and... I don't think we've moved enough on the 9.5 because you take a look at what we've been able to get out of the Cincinnati Reds. I want to mention this a little bit earlier in the show. 19 out of their last 20 games at home, the Reds have scored at least four runs. We did wind up seeing an under today with the Nationals and the Reds, but that's because the closing number was 10. It just wound up getting up a little bit too high. But you take a look at Cincinnati. They have played out of their 25 home games thus far this season, 17 of them to the over. The only other ballpark that has seen more overs thus far this season has been out there in Atlanta. So it's been very much an over team. And then with the Arizona the Diamondbacks, it's a team that has not been able to do a great job with regards to batting average. Right now, you've got a team that has a collective there in the bottom five of the big leagues with returns to 
in terms of the actual batting average, but you take a look at the way that they've been able to supply the boom. The Arizona Diamondbacks, overall this season, they rank in the top 10 in terms of home runs. This has actually went way up on the road, though. 1.6 home runs on the road. Next closest, 1.4 with the Houston Astros. So the Arizona Diamondbacks may be able to hit the ball out of the yard when they've been on the road. Christian Walker, he's been able to give you 14 bombs this far this season. We remember Josh Ross a few weeks ago. He wound up having three home runs in one game against the Chicago Cubs. Dalton Varsho has been able to go deep for the team. Taven Smith has been able to hit a couple home runs. So it's been a very solid Arizona Diamondbacks team and being able to go yard. And this is a pair of bullpens that they aren't great. You've got a pair of bullpens that are in the bottom 10 in terms of the big leagues, in terms of ERA with the Arizona Diamondbacks. You actually do have a few trustworthy guys. Jovan Atipley has a sub-1 ERA. You've been able to get some good production out of Ian Kennedy whenever he's been out there. But you take a look at someone like Mark Melanson who wound up blowing that game on Saturday. It's not been great. And for the Cincinnati Reds, the only team with a worse bullpen in terms of ERA than them, that would be the Colorado Rockies. And they pitch at elevation. So not necessarily a great company there. Now with the Cincinnati Reds, Brandon Drury has been able to do a good job of being able to put back to ball. Joey Votto ever since coming off of the injured list. He's got nearly a 400 on base. So he's been able to come back and he's looked much better than he did at the beginning part of the season. That's been refreshing for this team. And Hunter Green, I mentioned it, this is a man that he knows how to give up the deep ball. 48 innings thus far this season. And I think that Hunter Green is going to be a really good long-term starter in this league. A guy that's able to touch triple digits very, very easily. But he's given up 18 home runs in 48 innings. It becomes a situation which he throws so hard that if you square him up, that ball is going to go for a ride. And Great American Ballpark, if you take a look at ballpark factors, one of the top five out there in the big leagues in terms of being able to help out batters. This is very much a hitter-friendly ballpark and a fan box. So that is going to be a lot of both of these teams because with the Arizona and the Diamondbacks, once again, not a team that's hitting for a lot of average, a team that's hitting for a lot of power. And I do think that the Arizona and the Diamondbacks are going to be able to get it done in this spot because Madison Bumgarner doing a better job with regards to command rather than Hunter Green. Now, it's not like Madison Bumgarner has been pinpoint perfect or anything like that. Still giving up right in the neighborhood of about three walks per nine innings, but Hunter Green, that's more like four and a half walks per nine innings. So he's putting guys on cheaply. He is getting strikeouts. Hunter Green has been averaging a strikeout and a half per inning, which that's relatively impressive. Madison Bumgarner, he's had a little bit of an advanced age in his career where he's getting more in the neighborhood of about six, six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. But I also just feel like in general, you've got a couple more trustworthy bullpen pieces for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mentioned Manat Tipley. You've also got someone like a Sean Poppin who's got a sub-3 ERA. So that's some guys come in. They have a hold down the fort for the Cincinnati Reds. You just don't wind up having necessarily as much of that. And, and I do have to give a little bit of credit to the Cincinnati Reds. This is a bunch that at the beginning of the season, they were 3-22. and Ever since that 3-22 and start, 15-13, and that's relatively respectable. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, 26-29 is better than I think a lot of people thought this team would be at at this point. I mean, they were very, very sad last season. They wound up losing over 100 games, so they've been able to take some strides forward. I, I do think that we are going to see a relatively high-scoring game in this spot. The Reds have just been putting up runs upon runs, and they've been giving up runs upon runs as well. So this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the over of 9.5, and, and with the Arizona Diamondbacks, I felt like they should have been the slight favorite. I want to make them more like the minus 120 in this spot. So I'm looking at the Saints and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over and I'm also going to be taking a look at Houston versus Seattle. 
This is 959-960 on the betting board. Christian Javier is going to be getting the start for the Astros. And Robbie Ray is going to be going for the Seattle Mariners here. Turtle on this game. Finding it right now at DraftKings at 8. I'm seeing a lot of 8 and beginning to surface as well. And with the Astros, find them anywhere between about a minus 155, seeing as high as about a minus 157. If you're looking at the run line in this spot, you're going to be finding it anywhere between a plus 120 and seeing at DraftKings a plus 125. A little bit of an interesting ordeal here with the Astros. I needed at least a plus 125 to be able to take a shot on the run line and want to make it in their money line. More in the neighborhood, about a minus 160 to a minus 165. I would rather take a plus 125 run line rather than a money line of more like a minus 155 to a minus 160 because Robbie Ray, even though he's got the moniker of having won the Cy Young Award last season, he wound up getting it by default. I think that a lot of people are in agreement here. This is a guy that, I mean, you give him credit for being able to win that award, but he still gave up a home run and a half for nine innings last season. It's not like he was just this absolutely dominant starter. And he was good last year, no question about it. But I feel like winning that Cy Young made him a little bit overrated coming into this season because and he just wasn't your normal Cy Young Award winner. Like Corbin Burns out there in the National League, he was dominant. Had Zach Wheeler pitched in the American League, he would have won that award. Heck, I think that pretty much each of the top four contenders for the National League Cy Young, they would have all won it out there in the American League. So he was a little bit of the beneficiary of circumstance. And then you take a look at Christian Javier. This guy has been absolutely nasty this season for a Houston Astros team that don't look now, but they actually lead the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Now, they did wind up using up Rafael Montero in back-to-back days, and he wound up seeing his ERA go from a 0.50 to gas, a 2. You've got Ryan Sanicuana coming into the game yesterday as well. He's got a 1 ERA. Ryan Presley has been able to do a nice job locking down for the team. Brian Abreu has been able to do a solid job as well. So, I mean, all these guys have been able to mow them down, and the reason why the Seattle Mariners have really regressed this season, and they were able to get the job done on Sunday, much to my chagrin, because obviously I wind up giving up the DK Nation pick of Texas Rangers. They wind up blowing a three-run lead in the ninth inning, rightfully so, to be a little bit salty there, but they're 23rd in the league in terms of bullpen ERA at a 435. Drew Seconrider was one of their big bullpen pieces last season. He's been so bad this year that he got sent down to AAA. Diego Castillo, he's got right around a 6 ERA. It's been Penn Murphy who's really been the best bullpen arm for the Seattle Mariners this season, and that's an issue. And I mean, the offense has been better. Julio Rodriguez is right now leading the league in terms of stolen bases. Over the last three days, he's been hit right around 300. We've had Eugenio Suarez be able to give you 11 home runs. He's starting to get on base for this bunch, but with the Houston Astros, pitching has just been lights out all season long, and that bears out with just what we've been seeing in general. They lead the league in both home and road underrate. That is absolutely ridiculous as to just how many more unders they've been able to play than the rest of the league. You take a look at it for the Houston Astros, 39 unders to 15 overs. That is 72.2% to the under. Next closest team is at 65.5%. That's the Detroit Tigers. And the Detroit Tigers are averaging, and I'm not even kidding here, 2.05 runs per game on the road. Nobody else in the league north of 59%. In terms of their under rate. So, I mean, it's really the Houston Astros are here in the under rate. The Detroit Tigers are here. And then you got everyone else. So, it's been interesting to take a look at. And you still have Jose Altuve hitting like a 270. You've had Jordan Alvarez be able to give you right around 15, 16 home runs thus far this season. He's been rock solid. So, it's not like this is an Astros team that wanted for getting out of hit. It's just the pitching has been that good. I'm looking at the Astros on the run line. And I do think that there is a solid... Sp- 
solid shot at another under here just with the way that Christian Javier has been able to perform. So that's what I'm taking a look at with regards to what we're getting in Houston and in the final segment. Gonna give you guys my DK Nation pick and just tie up all the loose ends on Major League on the Major League Baseball betting board for Monday right here on Beeson Esports Betting Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and the bets are moving on every single game, and now it is updated every 10 minutes, so that way you can see all the changes in the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just doesn't wind up matching up with the public opinion. You can check out Everything, not just for today's action, but for future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. Check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. As it is the final segment right here on The Look Ed with myself, Greg Peterson. And if you're listening to me live, well, you're going to be hearing a replay of The Look Ed with myself, Greg Peterson. With that said, if you're listening to a little bit of a replay, 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern, we've got Follow the Money coming up, Mitch and Polly. I'm sure that they've got an absolutely loaded show for you guys, along with just what we wound up seeing from the weekend in general. Game two of... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The finals between the Celtics and the Warriors, these guys, they've got you locked and loaded. They're the best in the business. So you've got no fear there. It's going to be another tremendous show out there. And Hopefully, we're going to have a tremendous Monday as on a bad of in a four-game win streak with the DK Nation pick at snap because the Texas Rangers could not get three outs in the ninth inning. That was absolutely terrific. So now what winds up happening when you wind up having that ball? Build a new streak. So how about if we wind up going 953-954? San Diego Padres going to be playing us to the New York Mets as Carlos Carrasco going to be going for the Mets and Blake Snell is on the bump for the Padres. Most places have a total of 7.5. Really, the lone seven that I'm seeing is out here at Circa, and when it comes to this game, it's pretty much a relative pick em. But the bets, you're finding them anywhere between about a minus 105 to a minus 110. You're seeing straight even money out there with the Padres, but for the most part, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110, really, on both of these teams. And I'm going to be riding with the Padres with my DK Nation pick. Blake Snell just such a different pitcher at Petco rather than on the road. If you take a look at his 13 career starts at Petco, right around a 266 ERA, he's got a strikeouts per nine rate in San Diego of a 13. And ever since he wound up getting acquired by the Padres prior to the start of the 2021 season, 
His road ERA, a 591, which winds up making it look like he's not necessarily doing as great as he is. That winds up throwing off his entire numbers at home. Very, very good, trustworthy guy on the road. Someone that you want absolutely no part of. And then for Carlos Carrasco, he's got some demonstrative home and road splits as well. His home ERA is a sub-3. His road ERA is a 506 with opponents sitting nearly 40 points higher off of him on the road than at home. So that's a little bit of a concern. And if though Carlos Carrasco wound up giving up no runs in five innings in his last start against the Washington Nationals, it still caused me to be a little bit concerned. He gave up four hits, five walks in five innings, wound up getting out of it without giving up a single run. If he winds up doing that against the San Diego Padres, I don't think that he's going to be so lucky. You've got Manny Machado right now, one of the front runners. For the National League MVP award, he's hitting 333. He's been able to do a great job being able to drive guys in. Eric Hosmer has been able to hit nearly a 300 for the team as well. Now, you're going to need to get a little bit more out of some of the ancillary pieces, but we did wind up seeing Jake Cronenworth over the weekend, who was a very solid player last season for the San Diego Padres ever since he got called up to the big leagues. He's been able to do a good job. He's now got 10 home runs, so you wind up having two home runs in that series against the Milwaukee Brewers. And both of these teams, they did wind up having to dive into their bullpens quite a bit because both of these teams wound up having to go to a 10th inning on Sunday. But I think that this favors the San Diego Padres because in their last 11 games, the Padres have gotten out of their starting pitcher at least six innings in 10 of them. Meanwhile, the Mets, they're having to try to mix and match right now. You've got to wonder if just all the injuries in general that they've been suffering in terms of their starting staff are going to start to wear on this bullpen because Right now, got David Peterson, great name. He's getting some starts out there for the team along Trevor Williams. They wound up having Taylor Zapucky wound up getting a start a few weeks ago after for against the San Francisco Giants. And boy, that didn't wind up going well. He got four outs and he wound up giving up nine runs. So these guys have been getting quite taxed recently. And then you take a look at the Mets and they've been able to do a great job being able to get on base in general. They have the highest batting average out there in the big leagues. But as we know, Petco especially during the nighttime, it is very pitcher-friendly, and I do think that that is something that you want to be taking a look at. When it comes to the West Coast, you always will notice that the ball just doesn't fly as well when it comes to the nighttime as it is during the daytime. Oakland, most demonstrative, most demonstrative example because you do wind up having the marine layer out, but I do take a look at this Padres team, and I do think that Taylor Rogers, after he wound up having that rough go of it against the Pittsburgh Pirates about a week, week and a half ago, he's been able to get back online. You've got, if needed, someone that's able to give you multiple innings into Bell Crisman. Craig Stammen has been able to give you some solid innings. And for the Mets, Aaron Loop, along with Miguel Castro, Jurisic Familia, these are guys that they had last season at the bullpen, in the bullpen that they don't have this season. That's a little bit of an issue for them as well. So I do think that the Padres have a good shot of being able to ride Blake Snell and just the overall performance that he's been able to get at home to victory. So that's the situation which I did wind up writing up the San Diego Padres on the money line with regards to my DK Nation pick. And here at 7.5, I'm looking at an under. I know that Carrasco has been a little bit up and down on the road, but I do think that with being out there in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, both of these offenses are going to have a little bit of an issue being able to put runs up on the board. So I'm looking at an under in the spot. And what I want to brighten up for DK Nation is the San Diego Padres. Well, I'm taking a little bit of a look at this game a tad bit earlier. Now we're going to give a little bit more of an in-depth view of it. This is 955-956 Texas Rangers in the road. They're facing off against the Cleveland Guardians with Cal Quantrill going for the Guardians and John Gray for the Texas Rangers. So on this game, anywhere between 8.5 and, and 9. And with the Guardians, and them anywhere between minus 110 to a minus 115 favorite with 
Rangers anywhere between even money and minus 110. And this is a spot in which I did wind up saying Cleveland as a relatively sizable favorite because with John Gray for his career away from Coors Field as he was pitching with the Colorado Rockies at this time last season, north of a 4-5 ERA and for Cal Quantrill, just a steady Eddie pitcher who's backed up by a lineup that has been rock solid thus far this season. You've got Jose Ramirez. He's got 13 to 14 home runs, 53 RBI. He's tied for the league lead there. You've got a Guardians team that has been very good with their bullpen as well. Under the radar, this team is number four in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You've had Emmanuel Class A just be an absolutely nasty closer for this team. He's able to touch triple digits. He's got insane movement on his pitches. So I like what he's able to bring to the table. And then you've got a couple failed starters and Sam Antages and Eli Morgan that they just weren't able to deliver innings as a starter, but at the in the bullpen, both of these guys have been great, especially Hentages. His ERA is a sub-150. Fed Nick Sandlin be able to give you a couple solid innings. They've been dealing with a injury to James Karinchek, but even despite that, they've been able to do a solid job and for the Texas Rangers prior to Sunday when I really needed them. They were a top-10 team in terms of bullpen ERA, but now they're a little bit spent because they wound up having to use Matt Moore yesterday. Matt Bush was looking relatively okay for the team. I'm not going to call him great or anything like that, but it was looking like it was going okay for him. He winds getting used up. He winds up getting banged around. You also wind up having Dennis Santana wind up getting used on Sunday as well. That's less than ideal. And for the Texas Rangers, quite a pretty league average offense. Marcus Simeon starting to take off for the team. He has had a trail of home runs over the last, we're going to call it two and a half weeks after he wound up having zero in his first 40 games. He was a big giant waste of money that time now he's starting to be able to turn it around a little bit but even with the Cleveland Guardians you've got other guys they're able to get on base for the team like an Andres Jimenez who's hitting right around 300 Josh Naylor has been able to do a solid job right around a 350 on base for him Oscar Gonzalez who won recently getting called up to the big leagues he's hitting above a 350 and then for the Rangers they just don't have these guys the catcher spot has been relatively solid for them someone like a Sam Uff someone like a Jonah Heim both of these guys been able to do a good job of being able to get on base. Nate Lowe has been able to give you a little bit of something in the middle of the lineup as well. But you got guys like Andy Abanez not necessarily being able to do a solid job. Adelise Garcia did wind up being able to supply a pair of home runs in the final two games of that series against the Seattle Mariners. So that's a little bit heartening for this team. But that said, it is a Texas Rangers team that they've been a little bit up and down this season. The Cleveland Guardians. They themselves have wound up having their issues, but you've got to love the way that this team is able to get on base. Jose Ramirez has been able to do a great job of being able to drive them in all season long. This is by the which I do think the Cal Quantrill, someone who has given up three runs or fewer in now 23 out of his last 25 appearances, is going to be able to take hold. And with Cal Quantrill, not necessarily much of a strikeout guy, only able to get right around six strikeouts per nine innings. His walks were a little bit high towards the beginning of the season, but he's starting to buckle down in terms of just being able to reduce that. And take a look at Quantrill over the last two years. His ERA at home is more than a full point lower than it is on the road. That's something that's important to take note of. You do have a guy in John Gray who's coming off of a very solid start in which he wound up punching out 12 guys in seven innings against the Tampa Bay Rays. That's another case in which you wind up seeing the bullpen of the Texas Rangers not being able to come through. But I do think that both of these guys are going to be able to lend a relatively solid start. And the Guardians... They're right now one of the bottom teams in terms of home runs per game at home. They're averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game as well. So set my total right around an 8.3. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under on this total of nine with the Cleveland Guardians. 
I'm going away more like a minus 140 with them being able to get them right around a minus 115 or so. I think that it is relatively solid value. And here at VSIN, we always provide great value for you guys. We've got you covered with regards to everything from the NBA, MLB, NHL, list goes on and on. We've got a little bit of everything. And coming up 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern time, we've got you covered with Mitch and Polly on Follow the Money right here on VSIN, Esports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.